Welcome to Biblical Brainstorm, the Seth and Chandler podcast. I am one of your hosts, Seth, and this is Chandler. What's going on, Chandler? Hey, how's it going, man? Long time no see. I know. We're finally getting back into the swing of things. I know. It's been, what, almost a year? No, it's been, yeah. Mm, about six it's months, seven Around months before I went to Peru or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a little bit of a break there, but we'll get into uh, some life updates and talk about what we've been up to, but... Uh, Glad to be back and uh, talking with y'all and talking with Chandler and getting back to some biblical brainstorming. So yeah, no, uh, I'm excited to be back. It's our like season two launch. I mean, yeah, uh, even though we didn't really like have seasons, I mean, we took like a big break, so we're just kind of like this is our relaunch for biblical yeah. brainstorm. Um, and we want to, you know, hit a lot of new series, like actually going through books of the Bible and everything. I know we went through Jude last year. And we'll do a little re- bit of reflection, but today's episode, uh, it's mostly just catching up, reflecting on season one, our plans for the future, uh, and then kind of like life update for both of us. And then, of course, we want to cover some of the Ukraine crisis and things with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but starting next week, uh, we'll start with our worship series, which uh, is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that, you know, Seth, you have some stuff with music and changing you know major stuff so you can talk about that but um we're we're going to kind of hit it from a couple different angles obviously like the historical side of christian worship you know experience level where it is now in the church the a lot of like theology stuff so um excited about that and then of course we have other things planned in the pipeline but um definitely we're going to be a lot more flexible this time mm-hmm. where you know both of us we we work basically full-time, one or two jobs, and we are in school still. So uh, I know that, you know, we may not be here every single Sunday, um, but the the plan is to be here most Sundays, uh, Mm -hmm. 6 p.m. my time, of course, 7 p.m. your time over in the eastern eastern side uh, of the United States. And uh, yeah, we're going to be as consistent as we can be. But this is our ministry outlet. This is a ministry, first mm-hmm. and foremost, and we want to be able to use our gifts and the knowledge we gain to uh, to benefit, you know, believers, Christians, uh, people who are just checking out the faith. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, getting back into, you know, getting on and discussing. And, you know, I learned just as much, you know, in our conversations than I do um you know just on my own study sometimes more mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean it's always good to discuss stuff like this with people in general you know it's always good to have that discussion with different viewpoints and people that you know know more or know differently than you to you know you just learn different things so that's fun yeah um but i know I our conversations are always fun so <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and for people that are uh, maybe watching this for the first time or you haven't seen any of our previous episodes or anything like that. Um, basically what we are uh, is Biblical Brainstorm. We're, of course, a podcast. We're just two friends. Uh, we met freshman year of college at Southeastern University, became oh, good yeah. friends. Uh, he was the best man at my wedding. We both played football together there uh, at, um, at Southeastern. And yeah, we both had just conversation, even though we lived in two different cities, we uh, every time, every once in a while, we'd catch up on the phone and we noticed that all of our conversations are just like really deep with <laughs> theological stuff, historical stuff, Christian stuff. And yeah. we're like, well, why don't we just take our conversations? I think you had the idea, actually. Uh, why don't we just do a podcast and bring some of those conversations so other people are kind of listening in on it? Yeah. And uh, it could be maybe some benefit to people in that way. 
So that's why we're back here because we need that outlet, I think, that everybody needs to be involved yeah. in some ministry at some level. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're excited to get back into it and, uh, you know, share some yeah. stuff. You know, and as a, a PK, I guess there's a part of me that I don't realize feels like I need to lead some kind of Bible study. So, <laughs> but uh, it's in the DNA, I suppose. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so for those of you that maybe don't know um, me and Chandler personally, uh, just as a side note, what position did you play, Chandler, while we were at Southeastern? Uh, well, I was a quarterback in high school and I was switching back there, but I played um, receiver when I was there. So. And then I played uh tackle and defensive line in high school and when we got to southeast and i was right guard so got to work with chandler a little bit and we both got uh beat up a little bit playing on the line because <laughs> you did a little bit of tight end stuff too right a little bit yeah yeah Wasn't so we fun, did some of those but... linemen drills together and those were fun <laughs> yeah but, uh, well fun yeah, for we, you maybe but no. well yeah <laughs> but yeah we met southeastern and um like that's kind of where all those conversations started because I remember having mm-hmm. a lot of conversations like that all the way back then. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was, um, yeah, I think we were just hanging out uh, when I came and saw you in Texas and some of the stuff we were talking about, I was like, you know, I hear a lot of our friends talking about this stuff. So maybe we should, you know, it was dirt, the pandemic was going on, so we didn't really have much else to do at the time. So it's <laughs> so really like, well, maybe we can put some content out and see if it helps anybody. If anything, it'll just be fun for us. So it's good to get back yeah. into that spirit and uh, keep Absolutely. going with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as life updates, uh, I guess I'll let you go first, Chandler. So what have you been up to since August? Yeah. Um, so I'm still living in Texas. Um, nice. I'm still, still here. Uh, I work on campus here at uh, SAGU <laughs> where I'm getting my master's. I'm about three semesters away on summer, fall and spring away from graduating with my master's degree in history. Um, so that's exciting. Um, hopefully I'm gonna get into a program after that in more graduate studies um, that I'll be applying to by the end of this year. And yeah, uh, now, is I your work current, two jobs. Is your current master's degree, uh, is there any like specific subgenre to it or is it just kind of like a general history or, cause I can never it's remember It's just a general history <laughs> master's, but I am doing the thesis okay. track and my thesis will be related to some subject around the ancient Near East or the Hebrew mm-hmm. Bible. Um, okay. so I, I kind of have some ideas of where I'm going with that already. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's the degree itself isn't specific to anything, but my research will, if that makes sense. Yeah. At the end of okay. It. Cause I knew you were doing a lot of that kind of stuff, but I wasn't sure if it was your major was like specialized in that way, or if that was like, oh. a, like you said, a thesis thing where it was just kind of its own deal. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a lot of information. You got big brain stuff. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but I'm still here. Um, you know, what about what about you? What you been up to since August? Yeah, since August, um, I decided. I think we talked about it a little bit uh, the last couple episodes. We brought it up, but um, I was kind of going back and forth between uh, what I wanted to do. But I was wanting to um, go back to school full time, go back on campus, and mm-hmm. knock out the rest of my bachelor degree. And I had been doing online and stuff like that, but it just, man, I hate online. It's horrible. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of people that share that sentiment, but um, so yeah, the online thing just wasn't fun. I wasn't enjoying it. And I just felt like I wasn't really learning um, the best way that I could for my degree at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I want to go back on campus. So it was between going uh, to where you're at, SAGU, and uh, going back up to Lee University, which is where I was doing my online stuff and where I had been working mm-hmm. with already. So it was just would have been a, 
um, just same school, just going back on campus instead of online. So I thought about it and um, decided to go back to Lee. So I am currently uh, now on campus at Lee University, a full-time student, um, just have a part-time job while I'm here. And I originally went back for theology and was going to do the- theology and biblical studies and learn a biblical language. And the original plan was to uh, become a professor in theology. And the more I got into the classes and everything, it just kind of was thinking, you know, if it's theology is great and everything. And I love talking about it like with this and mm-hmm. I like reading the books. But when it comes to doing it as a career and getting down to, you know, getting more getting up rather to the um, junior and senior level work and everything, I just wasn't enjoying it. It was <laughs> it just became it was just very I was very unhappy doing it. And uh, the difference doing like, well, something for fun and not of your spare yeah, time versus yeah. like doing something as like a job or like, uh, you know, doing it like for an assignment, seriously. you know, yeah. a graded assignment. And I don't I mind. That. And I don't mind, you know, working hard at, you know, accomplishing a goal and whatnot. I mean, we, we play football, so we know how that works, the trust of the process, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it just was – it just didn't seem – I just wasn't enjoying it, wasn't into it. It just didn't seem worth all the trouble that I was going to be having to go through in the future. And um, I was like, well, if I'm not going to do that, what am I going to do? And I thought about uh, one of our previous Q&As, mm-hmm. uh, someone – put a question and asked, you know, where do you guys see yourself five, 10 years? And you, you know, were saying that you're wanting to, you know, continue your grad school stuff, get a PhD and hopefully, you know, become a professor as well, but in history and maybe do some archeology span work and mm-hmm. archeology span work. Um, I think I said that right. <laughs> I got archeological. Yeah. Archaeology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I remember my response is like, well, if I could choose anything to do, I'd want to be like in a rock band and be in a band and, you know, do that whole music scene thing. But I wasn't in a band, didn't really have any connections with that. So I was like, well, I'll do theology. (laughs) And then so I started thinking about that again. I was like, well, was theology just kind of a, you know, a second choice, like a, well, I guess I'll just do that instead kind of thing. And maybe that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And maybe I should be doing music since you know, that I'm more passionate about that. So I thought about it for a while and <clears throat> talked to my brother about it and uh, my parents about it and uh, finally decided that I'm changing my major. I wanted to change my major to music. So I am now a music yeah. major, um, more specifically music business major at Lee University. Um, and the music business major um, is a little bit more broad as far as jobs because it has the business side of it. Mm-hmm. So you can be like a... Yeah, my brother's a music production major. So. Yeah. So it's uh, you have a little bit more options than just being a general music major um, mm-hmm. as far as careers go. So like I could be a record producer, band manager, uh, I could run venues, I could um, be a studio musician, you know, things like that. And and I can play because I still have to uh, have an instrument. So I'm still learning how to play music well. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it covers a lot. And I talked to the people in the music department and they were telling me how it's a uh, their most broad music degree where it's, you know, there's a lot of jobs you can get with it. So it's a good choice if mm-hmm. you're not wanting to go hardcore, like symphonic stuff. So, um, see, so yeah, I'm doing that now. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Learn, finally learning how to read music for the first time, like, excuse me, like sheet music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've never learned how to read that. Kind it's of like reading before, lyrics so. off of, no, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm learning another language, which it probably is in, in its own right. It's own language. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, uh, pretty intense but yeah so that's what i've been up to since august and that's where i'm at where i'm going now but 
you moved to a colder area. Now I grow out the beard, you know, now yeah. we're in the winter and everything. But, yeah. Uh, so some of you may have noticed my hair is definitely a lot longer. I've, uh, you know, for the past, yeah. it's I think it's officially been a year now, but I've been just growing my hair out, not touching it. And you know, we're both going for the uh, yeah. broke college kid look, both of us now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We both got the beard now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's cool. I mean, obviously, now that you're a music major, that'll pretty go like go hand in hand with uh, our new worship and music series yeah. that we're going to uh, launch, like biblical perspective on music and how it's, you know, Christian history and everything. So, yeah, music has always week. been music has always been a passion of mine um mm -hmm. and i've always you know for a long time that's what i wanted to do and then just kind of i guess gave up on it because nothing happened right away mm -hmm. but i realized you know if i'm in college that's you know as good a time as any to try to you know make a make a go at it so yeah um, so having that you know the college music and um that kind of stuff the experience to go into uh, the worship thing plus you know, I've been on worship teams since I was seven and wow. you know, grown up with yeah, it. A lot of you know, my dad experience. being a pastor. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I have a lot of the practical experience with the worship side. And I know you've got a lot of good content for the like, theological and academic perspective of uh, worship. So I think yeah, that'll, that'll be, be funny. a fun one. Well, it'd be fun because uh, I'm coming to, from, the, I guess, the opposite perspective where I have no musical ability whatsoever <laughs> and I'm not very passionate about music or, you know, necessarily. Mm. I mean, it sounds bad to say I'm not passionate about worship, but it's like I am. I love worship, you know, and the service, but I'm always been more of the guy that's like, OK, cares more about the sermon than the songs that are played. Mm. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, like, when I when I go through that, you know, we go through the series to kind of research and see, like, the significance and yeah. uh, of worship and in, in, in the church and everything um yeah but that's exciting and um that's pretty much our life updates um for people that you know are joining um or have joined you know recently mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's where we've been since august and we kind of disappeared there so yeah <laughs> letting you guys know we're back we're doing we're live <laughs> yeah, we're we're back yeah we're <laughs> we're live you know you never know during a pandemic and honestly yeah. the world's kind of crazy right now so and we're gonna talk about that uh after this, we'll probably reflect back a little bit on, on season one, um, but we'll we'll jump into kind of the situation with Ukraine not right now and talk talk about that, uh, get mm -hmm. each other's perspectives and stuff. Um, but yeah, just reflecting back on season one, you know, our, our first go at biblical brainstorm. Yeah. How do you think it went? What was your favorite uh, episode to do? And uh, did you like? What did you learn? And uh, what's your perspective? Yeah. And I'll share afterwards. My, I liked. Uh, I definitely liked finally just starting it and getting into it um it was definitely a learning experience something i've never done before streaming or podcasting or anything like that like i've done bible studies i've uh preached i've done teaching things group stuff um youth and adults um so like the that part that side of it you know i have some experience in so it was you know that was good going into it but the you know technology side and the streaming and the whole that whole different medium was um Definitely new and took a little getting used to, but um, I'm glad we learned it and glad we got into it. And uh, but I think it went well. We did pretty good with uh, you know keeping up with it, and um, mm -hmm. I think the topics we covered a lot of good topics, covered a lot of good ground. Um, mm -hmm. I know we seem to reach a lot of people. There's a lot of people that seem to enjoy it that kept up with us, if not every week, you know, most of the most weeks. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it seemed like we've you know, positively impacted somebody. Or at least I hope we have. Um, yeah. But it seems like we did make a few faithful listeners, <laughs> which is good. Um, if anything, I learned 
just by like re doing my own research to prepare for some of these things. Yeah. I really enjoyed like the episodes we did in season one. Yeah, I definitely learned a lot from you and doing my own research, but I know you are really good with, um, you know, your, your content king. I think I called you that before, but <laughs> I definitely have learned a lot from you, but you've, uh, you're definitely much more of a hardcore academic mind than I, than I am, I think. So I enjoy that. I like to soak that up. <laughs> yeah. So, what was your favorite uh, episode we did, you think? Or mo favorite, favorite moments of, of last yeah. season? Um, you know, I don't really, I think the, the Q and A's were fun just cause it's, you know, pretty flexible and, you know, you're just hanging out at talking, interacting with uh, your listeners and interacting with chat and everything. Mm -hmm. And so those were fun. Um, I think the, the Apocrypha series that we did, I think that one was, oh, yeah. um, I think that was a fun series cause I learned some stuff in there that, uh, I knew about, but maybe didn't know in a lot of detail. So it was good to uh, study that some more and clarify some of that information. I know there's a lot that we didn't have time to get to because, man, that that goes really deep. But um, mm -hmm. it was still fun to at least get the you know get the main points out there, and you know people can mm -hmm. go you know as deep as they want after that. But uh, we may touch it again later. I don't know, but I thought that was fun and the. Um, I remember the one part that you had brought up when we were talking about the Book of Enoch. Um, you had brought up Jesus had quoted um, or like a portion of it or yeah. referenced it. Yeah, maybe not yeah. quoted it, but referenced it. Um, and I feel like maybe that surprised some people. I know it surprised me. But mm. um, yeah, and then talking about like inspired scripture versus just scripture in general being like scripture just in the most purest form is just religious writings and then inspired, you know, being inspired by God and the Holy spirit, you know, as being, you know, that's the important scripture. So there's a difference there where like the apocrypha is not canon bad. And, yeah. yeah. And canon versus not canon, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that was good. Um, I enjoyed that one. What about you? Yeah. Um, honestly, when I look back, it seems like such a short time of my life or our lives that we did this yeah. podcast. But when I look back, we had 18 episodes and all yeah. of them were like pretty content heavy for the most part, except for the Q and A's. Mm -hmm. And we had a, like a chill intro episode. But when I look back, it's like, we did, of course, our intro episode, then we did the second power in heaven. That for me was probably the most, um, that was a good one too. The, that was, yeah, our second one where I, that was more of my content, like probably the most content heavy one I, I did, mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, Jesus as the second power in heaven and prophecies and all that stuff. We did some stuff on Jesus with the sacrificial lamb, the resurrected King, all that stuff with Easter and, and the sacrifice yeah. of Passover. I thought all that was really cool. We got mm -hmm. to interview Jacob. Uh, that was a lot of yep. fun. Uh, get his perspective on on some things. Mm -hmm. um, that, that was a good episode. That was actually our most watched episode on Facebook. So yeah, that, that one was, was that one was definitely a lot of fun. You know, bringing because me Jacob also. If you didn't, if you don't, if you didn't see that episode or if you don't know us personally, uh, Jacob also was one of our teammates at Southeastern, and uh, he's a active youth pastor right now. He was at the time pastoring in Bradenton, Florida, just outside of uh, Tampa, and he is currently. Um, back in our home city of Jacksonville, um, youth pastor of Evangel Temple, Assembly of God, um, right right, right outside of downtown, like you can see downtown from the church. So nice. uh, it's cool to have him back home, that's for sure. Looking forward well, to congrats. going home and seeing him. Congrats, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, another Southeastern uh, football alum. So mm -hmm. we all got to bang heads together. 
<laughs> By the way, uh, you guys can comment, and we can see your comments midstream. So this is live. Mm. All our episodes, for the most part, are live. Uh, so we can interact with the comments and mm. and see that. What we'll do now in our new structure with uh, with the season two is we'll try to keep every episode to like an hour at most. Uh, and for the last 10, 15 minutes, we'll leave it for kind of like questions or Q&A a little bit if we have time. And so if you do have questions or like based on the like what we're talking about in, in the episode, uh, for any of our episodes, just you can drop a comment and at the end we'll kind of interact with it. Um, for the most part. So yeah, yeah that's yeah, if you want to just say hi, or if you have a question, you know, don't hesitate to say hi, say what's like, up. subscribe, how, however. Yeah. Um, today is more of a chill episode. Again, we're just like intro life update, talk about some of the Ukraine conflict and then just reflecting back on season one, but starting next week, we'll go back into kind of the content heavy stuff where we'll kick right off with our worship series. Um, so, Again, that's exciting, but yeah, if you want to just say hi or comment, you, you can do that. Uh, as far as reflecting back on season one, um, like I said, we did interview him uh, or Jacob. Then we did a Jude series, the Book of Jude. I thought that was really cool. We had that one episode where we first one in person with both of yeah. us. Uh, the Apocrypha series was good. We did three of those plus the formation of the canon episode, mm-hmm. which even though I think that was good because it's like or biblical brainstorm, you know, and it's like those books have so much questions of are they in the Bible or are they not? And then they're in the Catholic Bible, not in the Protestant and like all those questions that surrounded that. So if you guys didn't watch those and you are interested in those kind of questions, I would suggest going back through our old episodes there uh, and seeing that, you know, what makes canon, you know, the Apocrypha, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Old Testament, New Testament books. And then we had some Q&A episodes and then we started um, our natural theology series, which was a little ambitious um, because <laughs> this is a little that, more outside of our comfort zones. Like we're not mm-hmm. philosophers or scientists, even though I enjoy, <laughs> we enjoy science and philosophy. Our, yeah. our wheelhouse is mostly, you know, more of the historical or theological kind of background, practical, ministry, practical ministry stuff too. Uh, so, but we did cover some really good content there with cosmological arguments for God's existence, kind of intro to you know, natural theology, like outside the Bible argument stuff. Um, we and did we got like the argue- Michael Jones. That was awesome. Yeah. And we got um, Michael Jones, inspiring philosophy, which was our most viewed YouTube video. Nice. So our interviews are pretty good. We should just interview people. Just yeah. <laughs> more, interviews you know? are always fun, man. I always enjoy watching it. Like people just letting just them talk. Interviews, Yeah. Whether that's, so, you know, you know, no matter who it is, interviews are just fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He did the moral argument for God's existence. Uh, and that was that was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the week after, which was our last episode until now, we took that big break. Um, is we um, did the arguments from evil, so like you know the problem of evil and like why is there evil and suffering in the world if there's a good God and all that stuff. So that was I feel like that one was a really good episode. Yeah, because um, that's a really difficult topic. So I mean, of course, you can't cover all the arguments in an hour, but I feel like we you know yeah. did a good job of at least covering the main arguments. I don't know. I have a lot of, I can't narrow it down to one. I really enjoyed some of the episodes we did in season one. If I had to narrow it down to three though. Yeah, um, after you mentioned all these, I was like, you know, no, I don't think I can pick one either. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had a lot of good uh, episodes and that's why I'm like, it makes me more excited reflecting back at season one, like what, how much more yeah. we can do in the future, especially when we actually get through other books of the Bible, like Genesis and Exodus and, mm-hmm. and Revelation and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm, you know, excited for those, but if I had to narrow down probably our last episode, with Problem of Evil, that was really good. Um, interviewing Michael Jones, and then I would say after that, 
probably when I talked about um, the two powers in heaven uh, yeah. stuff, which was like our second episode. Um, I mean, there's just so many good episodes we yeah. did, though. So it's that was really an ambitious uh, second episode, too. <laughs> yeah, so it was. Jump right, into jump right into really deep theological stuff with the second power. And, of course, uh, the first episode was uh, St. Patrick's Day, so that was a little yeah. festive. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, but, yeah, that that's basically season one. This, like I said, our next series, we're going into season two. Um, if we can even call it that, I mean, episode 19, we're just continuing on as many episodes as we can do as, yeah. you know, frequently or infrequently as we're able to do it. And, uh, we're going to do, like I said, Christian worship. Um, I'm excited cause I actually have a book, um, Oxford history of Christian worship. So I'm going to dive into that a little bit and see what some insights source there. Material. Some source material. Yeah. But, uh, I'm who's excited. It, who's it by? Uh, I think it's a collective, well, it's just kind of a mixture. Uh, of Wayne Wright Tucker. Okay, yeah. so he's the main contributor, but of course I'm, I'm sure there's multiple contributors with publications gotcha. like that. And if it's uh, Oxford, it's you know it's pretty good. Yeah, usually pretty well. It's pretty well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Or anything. Wikipedia. So, <laughs> do you have anything else to say about season one, or do you want to jump into our thoughts on Ukraine? <laughs> just jump oh. right into. <laughs> we just like to jump into it, man. Right into the meat. Explosive. But, yeah. but as far as season one, um, yeah, I think we've. You know, pretty much covered it. We had a lot of, a lot of good stuff to you know start off a podcast like we did really well. And of course, it was you know we have our listeners to thank for that. You know, my home church, uh, Souls Harbor. Um, some of our listeners, you know, we had a lot of people donate to help us get off the ground, which really helped us um, do all the stuff that we did as far as uh, production and equipment. And uh, thankfully, we. You know, Michael Jones was kind enough to not charge to come on, which I don't know that he does anyway. But um, so that was great. So thankfully, we haven't had to you know, raise any crazy for any of our interviews. Not like you have to get hotels or anything for. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, conferences. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, the the sub subscription to our uh, Streamyard streaming service, you know, our microphones and all that was provided by our more than gracious listeners and my home church um, partnering with us. So. Um, so as far as like final thoughts on season one, uh, thanks to you guys for your um, mm -hmm. partnership with us and support. And we mm -hmm. didn't just go away. We're back. We'll be, we're going to keep going. So don't worry. <laughs> we'll have more content out Absolutely. and um, definitely going to be, yeah. you know, we want to make good use of uh, you guys believing mm -hmm. in us. So we're definitely, and we're on Sunday nights now. So yeah. like you get the full church experience, you can go to church in the morning and then listen to us at night and there yeah. you go. You got a full we'll Sabbath church. Yeah, church day or Bible day, you know, because yeah. um, we obviously we had it during a weekday um, previously mm -hmm. until we switched. Now we, you know, we're fully on Sundays now. So that's how it's going to be when we are on. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, so, Tuesday worked uh, good with your work schedule and worked good with my work schedule because I was working nights on the weekends at the time. So Sunday night mm -hmm. definitely didn't work. <laughs> and uh, but now that we're both in school, the weekends are great. So uh, Sunday's definitely uh much better day than Tuesday now. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, kind of a good full church Bible study day, like you said. Yeah. All right, Seth. So let's get down to it. Uh, thoughts on Ukraine. Yeah. Thoughts. <laughs> Lots of thoughts. Yeah. Um, it's really man, unfortunate. It's, it's very unfortunate. Um, there's really, you kind of, you kind of knew something was coming, but you just hope that it didn't actually happen. And, it happened so it's kind of one of those surreal moments where it's like man 
really wish this didn't actually follow in the 21st right. century like yeah 21st century imperialism right there that's yeah it's crazy <laughs> pretty much but it's uh yeah it's a little scary um some would probably say a lot scary mm-hmm. um you know there's definitely a lot of different ways this could go um i'm not a political science major or anything but um you know it's definitely there's a lot that can go wrong and doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there's much that could go right. So, <laughs> but I mean, not to be super pessimistic about it, but I mean, war is war. And Just it, more uh, reason to pray. Yeah, exactly. What about you? What are, your, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, obviously this is, you know, me being a history major is kind of interesting watching this unfold because like, well, yeah. this is going to be in history books in the future, but oh, yeah. it's also kind of a culmination of past events where, you know, you, you go from, of course, past uh, conflicts with, the Russian people and, you know, the different people groups there and then the Slavic peoples and, and Mm -hmm. the USSR and the whole communist revolution of the, of the early 1900s. And just that kind of world where, you know, Ukraine and Russia were part of the USSR and they were at one point a lot more, you know, merged together than, than they, uh, than they are now. And then of course, World War One happened, World War Two, all that gets, you know, not good stuff. Terrible, terrible things. All the terrible things that took place in the 20th century, right? Um, And, of course, after that, you know, the USSR was breaking apart. Ukraine became um, independent. And so now it's like a situation where, yes, they they did have that land before, but it's now an independent nation. And so that's just that territorial dispute where it's like they were together at one time. Now they're not. Um, And, you know, ever since, you know, you got the Cold War and just this this divergence right between yeah. wanting resources and you know you're, you got two separate sovereign nations going on here and now we're in the 21st century and they're still having these land disputes right russia is continuing to kind of lay claim to some of the lands that they had in mm-hmm. past you know conflicts right or in in past um yeah. empire i guess you could say and oddly so, enough i'm currently in a western civ 2 class and right when all this was happening, of course, our professor couldn't have planned this. But right as all this went down was the first week we started talking about Russia in the medieval period or the yeah. uh, Renaissance period. So we just got on Russia and he was mentioning, you know, <laughs> and there's some mentioned all the history of Ukraine and how Russia was Russia back in the day and all the mm-hmm. conflict started. You know, it's it's a long, long history of conflict between the two of them. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's. In a significant area, too, because you're like, well, why would they want Ukraine? You know, it's uh, it's surprisingly a lot of people didn't even know where it was on the map before this conflict. Of course, you know, I knew this because of studying history. So it's kind of like surprising, but not surprising how many people are like, wait, well, where's Ukraine? And I'm just like, well, you know, there's there's a lot of history that goes back to this. And it was near Russia. Yeah, (laughs) that's about it. But, um, you know, it is the second largest country in Europe. And so that surprised me. I didn't know that. So when you were, when we were talking about that earlier um, or yesterday, that was, I didn't realize it was that big of a country. It, it is big. And um, actually even some res like some resources here, I pulled this up. Uh, it's an important country for many reasons. And so it's, it makes somewhat of sense if you're, you know, from an Imperial perspective, if Russia is really trying to um, take over these areas, they're, they're first in Europe and proven recoverable, recoverable reserves of uranium ore. So obviously that's for nuclear material, right? Um, Second place in Europe and 10th place in the world 
for titanium ore reserves. Okay. They're second place in the world in terms of explored reserves of manganese. Uh, manganese. I can't even say that. Ores. Magnetized ores. Um, that's used probably for explosives. Which is 12, 12% of the world's reserve, which is just insane, wow. right? Second largest iron ore reserves in the world. 30 billion mm -hmm. tons. And then second in Europe in terms of mercury ore reserves. So a lot of these are, you know, natural resources that the country possesses that, of course, Russia would definitely like to get their hands on, right? Yeah. Um, what's also crazy, though, is that the population of Ukraine is about the third of the size of Russia. Mm. I mean, there's about 44 million people in Ukraine and about 144 million in, in Russia. So that that's just in itself like... Um, you know, Ukraine's not a small country in terms of population and in terms of land area. And so this is a, you know, people were, are referring to this as like the Ukrainian crisis, but it's actually just a war. You know, if, if some, it's, it's not just like, a, even though Russia has one of the you know top three biggest militaries in the world and they do have a significant population and land area, this isn't just like an old time colonization where you're, they're going to a country that doesn't possess any type of defense and to, you know, against such a superpower. I mean, there, there's an ongoing war right now. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, this is a, a you know, Russo-Ukrainian war uh, between two countries. Um, and how much should, you know, other countries get involved and not, I mean, that's, you know, it's an interesting topic. I mean, not one word here to really cover because we we're really tackling things from, Christian perspective and not necessarily political, but it is yeah. interesting to see just from a political landscape, how much like this, you know, this conflict even just emerging in the 21st century when we've been so kind of far removed from warring yeah. nation states in Europe and then it, it passed like imperialism that it is, you know, there has been attempts already like in the past couple decades of conflict with Russia and Ukraine with Crimea and all that, you know, those territories on the border and stuff. But, um, yeah, it is. It is pretty crazy in our social media generation how people can literally live stream and yeah. say, "Here, I'm on an island being bombed by this, you know, Russian missile," and it's yeah. like the whole world that, sees it. That was the and crazy I, thing that I was really starting to think about. I was like, "Man, the difference in society, but also technology nowadays with a full blown, you know, war going on mm -hmm. that people are streaming, the jets flying overhead, and videoing bombs being dropped mm -hmm. and." just being out with all the troops and looking like, yep, this is our, this is our guys over here. Russia's over there. They're on their way, you know, <laughs> see what happens. But, yeah. um, but then also it is weird, you know, being, you know, 2022, 21st century and right after think, a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Right after a pandemic, <laughs> but just thinking like, man, a, like a full blown war, you know, I feel like that's, you know, I feel like that's kind of a history, thing for history books so like that doesn't really happen anymore because mm -hmm. the world's more connected and united because of technology and it's more i know it seems like there's it's more of a unified set unified system with the governments to where people can't really sneak around as much as they used to like in world war ii and whatnot mm -hmm. and it seems like just full-blown invading a country is like not the thing to do anymore mm -hmm. but it's, it's weird to actually be living through an actual war not like uh like with Afghanistan, it was, you know, we were in the Middle East and it was, you know, pockets of resistance here and there, but it wasn't like a, all right, this is, there's a line in the sand saying this is Ukraine, this is Russia, mm -hmm. and they're trying to cross that line and we're stopping them from crossing that line. And it's, you know, it's enemy lines and 
uh, mm. you know, pushing Clear territorial borders. You know? and, yeah, so it's a totally different ball game than like what our generation has grown up with the you know the war on terror type deal. But um, yeah, so it's weird to be living through a situation like that. And you know, now the other big issue with wars is the nuclear nuclear capabilities of the countries. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, World War II things kind of ended with that. And you'd think that that was enough to be like, all right, you know what? Let's find other ways to solve these problems. And yet here we are, 2022, and uh, Russia just put their nukes mm-hmm. on uh, on the alert for combat readiness. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's an interesting time. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And so it's, it's from it's a Christian so- perspective too. It's like obviously we're we're praying, but it's interesting from like kind of a historical perspective as well. Yeah. for for christianity where you kind of see this trend where you know the church was in like had so much political power and you had this kind of monarchies in united europe at some i mean not united but um you know covering large um vast land areas and then you have this switch into kind of nation states mm-hmm. uh secular nation states which you know overthrew the old systems of the monarchies and and the church and and you know they were trying to to form these uh, liberal democracies that were yeah for the people, but you know and it's it's throwing away the old uh, the old chains of the church or, or monarchies, which you know you think you make progress by taking one step forward, but then you really just took two steps back kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> where then you have all of a sudden this rise of nation states. You have the Franco-Prussian War. You have the Napoleonic rise. You have you know the French Revolution. You have World War One, you have World War Two, you have the Cold War, and all of it's basically all of these just warring secular nation states that are being bound now by linguistic and ethnic ties. And mm-hmm. now instead of being having this kind of universal like religious um, conscience, right, yeah. that's spanning over different territories, now you just kind of have this uh, this division within Europe that really throw the you know European wars like off for 200 years right and we're still experiencing that right these warring nation states um and you know it's interesting perspective like christian perspective like it it, was that a good or bad thing right and but i I will say that one negative thing that came out of out of that is just a general lack of christian conscience um Mm. in in europe right and of morals and and the church and you just kind of see that that spiral, right, where after World War One, especially, you have the lost generation, and you just have people that are literally, you know, they don't have God, they don't have meaning, they don't have purpose, and you have all these philosophers and these writers that, you know, it's very nihilistic, they're just like, there is no purpose, and war, you know, everything's meaningless, and, you know, war is terrible, and, you know, life yeah. is terrible, and, and they just, you have this spiral, and it, even in this conflict, you know, if, if especially, like, in the wake of possible more conflicts, or people, you know, freaking out saying world war three but you know when when you don't have god in society right you just kind of see these um or even just biblical literacy and and that religious conscience you have this just terrible meaninglessness that the the horrors of war and the trauma that comes out of it Mm -hmm. the effect there where there is no there is no solution for people that don't have god they just like it's terrible and they're frightened and there is no hope. There is no hope for the afterlife. There's no hope for 
the fixing the situation at hand, right? In these conflicts. Yeah. And so, but I think that uh, on a global scale that, you know, you see how that has negatively affected society. But I think on a personal scale now, like, you know, what we, what can we do as Christians? I think we can just pray and we can support um, efforts to bring the gospel and to bring relief, right? Mm -hmm. It's like James, you know, meeting the needs of the body while also preaching the gospel, right? Yeah. Um, and meeting the spiritual needs. And so I wanted to bring that up because we have um, like Convoy Hope is one of them where I know my church, you know, here in Texas, they support, um, a lot of churches support Convoy of Hope. If you were interested, like, I'm not a part of them. I'm, I'm like, I'm just, I'm not really advertising anything. I'm just, if you want to get involved with helping, right, uh, the people of Ukraine, you can support Convoy of Hope because they have trucks and people on the ground that are trying to go in and bring relief to people who are suffering. Awesome. Um, and I know this morning, um, the church I go to while I'm at school is uh, North North Cleveland Church of God, uh, which mm -hmm. is right next to campus. And they did, they took up offering, uh, I guess, last week and this week for um, relief for Ukraine to send towards Ukraine. And I don't know if it's uh, they're doing like their own relief through the Church of God organization or if it's a convoy of hope type thing. Um, but, yeah, they're doing stuff like that. I gave um, that few bucks that I gave for that just to help any way I could. But, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's definitely important to, you know, if you have the opportunity to, you know, it wouldn't hurt to help out. But Convoy of Hope definitely is a good one. Yeah, Convoy of Hope. Uh, in fact, Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, since he's become a Christian, he also supports Convoy of Hope, which is really cool. Um, you know, because he's had quite a past. <laughs> and But he kind of, you know, he changed things and now he supports Christian organizations. But that's one of them that is actually doing something to help people of Ukraine. Uh, and I know that there's, uh, they're also in need of Bibles um, mm -hmm. there. And there's other groups that are trying to bring Bibles to uh, that area of the world, Eastern Europe and, and the people of Ukraine. Um, so that, you know, there are ways to get involved in helping as an individual other than prayer, but prayer and then also meeting the needs of, of people there. Um, but some statistics too, I wanted to show this up. The Joshua Project is a very good database for um, showing kind of the Christian landscape of the world with statistics and um, people groups and unreached people groups and, and things like that. And uh, looking at Ukraine, um, it's, you know, there's 78 people groups that are living in Ukraine, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. It's like, that's, a, you know, that's a decent amount of groups living in one country. And obviously there's more in America, but it's just like if we're for a country that just seems very, um, a little more monoethnic, it's like 78 people groups is a lot, yeah. right? Um, like I said, so 43 or 44 million people living there. Uh, Christianity is the largest religion there. So it is m one of the more reached nations of the world. Uh, most unreached nations are within the 1040 window, like the, you know, longitude, latitude lines. Um, but the, uh, you know, there's still a lot that needs to be done there in reaching Ukraine. Um, about 70, like I said, Ukraine about 73%. And so Ukraine's mostly Orthodox, right? Eastern Orthodox. Eastern Orthodox. And I was going to get into that next too, um, with, you know, some of the difference there. And then like, of course, why that's so popular. But in general, though, there's about, you know, 73% Christian adherents and 3.6% of that is evangelical. Of course, a lot of the rest of it is mostly Eastern Orthodox. Um, and basically one point, so almost 500,000 people of like of the population is unreached completely. 
Wow. Okay. Which is really crazy. It's like so. I mean, that that's only one one percent of the population, but that's still a lot, like a large amount, like people oh, yeah. right there. Um, and the more they're closed off from the world, especially in conflicts like this, that doesn't help the situation at all. Yeah. Um, so there's, of course, 28 of the 78 people groups are considered unreached people groups, okay. which is 35% of the people groups, right, of, that make up Ukraine. Uh, so there's definitely still a need for missions work in, in Ukraine, especially given the crisis going on. Um, and looking at the, the kind of database, so 73% of Christian, 24% or 25% are non-religious. So that's like the sec the biggest the second biggest category in Ukraine okay. is people that are very atheistic, who don't have any religious affiliation, agnostic, that you know, those categories there. Yeah. Um which, you know, it it makes sense in that part of the world it, because you're coming out of um kind of the USSR days mm -hmm. and there was a lot of um secularism, atheism like worship of the state versus, you know, of any religious yeah. inclination. Um, the good news is that ever since kind of the downfall of the USSR, Christianity has been growing um, in Eastern Europe and in Russia since the Cold War. Um, and so that that's actually, that's a good thing. Um, and that's part of the reason why I think this conflict too with Russia, the population of Russia, why there's so much like so many people in Russia against it and protesting against the war as well. Because I think even the the religious climate of Russia has been slowly changing for the past yeah. couple decades in yeah, favor. That was, that was kind of surprising to me too. And I saw that there was uh, already protests showing up in Russia saying, you know, they don't support the invasion of Ukraine and all that. And I mean, I'm not sure what I expected, but I, I guess I didn't really expect that to happen so quickly. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, that's a good point that the, yeah, the uh, tennis player wrote, there's no war yeah. on the camera. A lot of a lot of things like that. So I mean, Christianity has been growing in, in Eastern Europe, so that's good. But again, being praying for the people of Ukraine, like twenty five percent are completely not you know non religious at all. And things like war, it, you know that that has a two way effect. It, it, yeah. It's really it's really a polarizing any any disaster of any kind is really a polarizing event in anybody's life, and it really either leads people to God yeah. or further away. And um, you know, you see that when, when people have very devastating situations in their life, they either blame God or they run away completely from God, or it's the marking moment that brings them to God yeah. uh, in some way. So definitely pre praying for the people, especially that 25% of the population of Ukraine that is completely non-religious, yeah. that they would find God and that they would um, come to the knowledge of Christ and uh, and find comfort in this time and be able to you know, give their life to God, even in the midst of a war and, you know, who knows their life expectancy, even at this point, um, with all the things going on there, but that they would find, find God in this time. Um, the other categories living there, uh, are smaller. Um, there's, um, Islam is 2%. Um, there's uh, ethnic religions, um, 0.1%, I think, you know, more pagan religions there, but the biggest categories there are really Christianity and non-religious and in Christianity, um, the biggest groups is Orthodox. The next is uh, Roman Catholic at 11%, um, about 4.4% Protestant. And then there's other independent and non-denominational um, Christian branches that are less than that. But the biggest one is about 80% Eastern Orthodox of the Christian okay. population there. Uh, so the whole population is about 73% Christian of Ukraine. And then 80% of that number is 
um, Eastern Orthodox. And I wanted to say, uh, going into this real quick, is how significant Christianity is to this part of the world and mm -hmm. historically. Um, they're, they used to be pagan. Uh, the Rus, you know, the people, uh, the Russian people and uh, that whole area of the world, they used to be pagan. Um, and there were efforts to, to uh, you know, with missionaries and trying to reach them, but it wasn't very successful. Um, but there was, uh, there was a king who took power. Um, his name, they well, that was Vladimir. Good old Vladimir I, right? He became ruler of the Kievan Rus, right? So this is, uh, you talk about Kiev, right? This is the city that's literally under attack in Ukraine. This is a very significant historical city yeah. to uh, the Russian people and to, um, you know, to Christianity. Uh, and so you have Vladimir I who basically, what he does, they send uh, emissaries to the three major religions of the day uh, because they know that the, the times are changing and their paganism right at this time, they're, they're, they're trying to figure out what they should kind of get on board with. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they send emissaries to Jerusalem, uh, to the, you know, to the Jews, uh, they send it to um, the Muslims and they send emissaries to Constantinople um, to the Christians, right? In this case, this is the Eastern Orthodox Christians at this point. And around, I want to say before or around the time of the Great Schism, so they uh, they go to the you know the Greek Orthodox Church, and uh, this church is in Turkey. I don't know if you guys know the Hagia Sophia. It's amazing. It looks like this. I'll pull it up. So this building here, and I know it's covering our faces, but this is <laughs> this is quite a structure. This was the biggest structure in the world for. This was built in the sixth sixth century A.D. Right. This thing wow. was the biggest structure in the world up until the time of skyscrapers, like literally maybe Thanks. 200 years ago. I want to say 200 years ago was like another structure that beat it. Um, but it was the biggest structure in the world for the longest period of time. Um, as far as just building, right? High than land area and stuff. The inside. So obviously later you can see the Arabic there. Um, the later the... Um, the Turks, uh, the Ottoman Turks, or the Turkish peoples, they they took over, uh, of course, Turkey, and that's why the country of Turkey, you know, is called that today, right? Um, and they turned it into a mosque, and now I think it's more of like a museum or kind of like a historical area um, to 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 look at. But it was first uh, a Christian church of the Eastern Orthodox, and it was really the center. Of Constantinople was like one of the biggest centers of the world, right? Um, and so Vladimir, he sends these emissaries to check out this whole thing of Christianity. And they go um, to Constantinople, to the Hagia Sophia, this biggest church, right, in, in the world at the time. And uh, I wanted to kind of quote what they said here. So they, uh, so it says they, they went to the other places, right? And they didn't find any, any beauty or any, anything that, to really like catch their eye with the other two religions of Judaism and Islam. But then when we, they went to uh, the Hagia Sophia, uh, it was full of, they had a festival ritual of the you know, Byzantine church uh, and they found their ideal. They said, we, in quoting here, we no longer knew whether we were in heaven or on earth, they reported, mm -hmm. nor such beauty, and we know not how to tell of it. Wow. So it was just indescribable, the spiritual experience that they had at the mm -hmm. Hagia Sophia. And because of that experience, they went back to 
the the Rus, right? The people, and they uh, they converted to Christianity, <laughs> and <Wow>. basically <laughs> from Kiev, Vladimir uh, was baptized in Kiev, and uh, I think I have um, a picture, like something like that. Nice. Well, like uh, obviously an artist <laughs> rendering later of the looking back on the event of basically the the Russian and Ukrainian peoples way way back then a thousand years ago yeah. being converted to Christianity of you know the Eastern Orthodox branch um, and it, it was this is a very significant marking event so this city of Kiev is a very historically significant city for um, for Christianity. And so I think even just for that, we should be praying that, you know, mm -hmm. um, the very city that was um, used so much for for the, the changing of a landscape, right, from yeah. Christianity is now being, is, Christianity has been losing its grip over, you know, hundreds of years. But now, again, like I said, it's starting to get on the rise again ever since mm -hmm. the Cold War. So just continually praying that the people and the cities that are being that's you know being destroyed right now, um, having so much significance that they would return back to God. Um, and even if you're not um, Eastern Orthodox, if you're whether you're Pentecostal, Baptist, um, Roman Catholic, Protestant, Lutheran, um, you know whatever kind of denomination that you attend or subscribe to, or theology or whatever you want to call it. I mean, in the end, we all still, for the most part. Our Christians, we believe, you know, the same thing. We believe in God, the Trinity, Jesus. Um, so even though we may not be like me and you, we're not Eastern Orthodox. Yeah, but, I'm not personally Eastern yeah. Orthodox, but but I mean, I still, you know, I had a class last semester, um, a doctrine of the church class, and we talked a lot about um, mm -hmm. just the different branches of Christianity. So Roman Catholics, Eastern Orthodox, Protestant. Um, mm -hmm. And then evangelical, just kind of <clears throat> how that's gone through history and, you know, what they believe and all that. And I mean, really, it's, you know, they're still we're still brothers. I mean, we still, yeah, you know, still part of the same goal, trying to reach people and help people. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, don't get too hung up on uh, whether they're Eastern Orthodox, not Eastern Orthodox, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I mean, they're still in the end, they're still Christians. So, mm -hmm. um you know, try to act like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just but, so interesting that, you know, this, this place where um, they, they had this transformative experience. And it also, it made me think too, of like, there's a lot of um, arguments now with, um, you know, about Christianity grassroots movements and, and from the ground up. Right. And I get that. Like, that's how the early church happened. It was from the poor and it rose up through to the middle of the high class. Right. And that was a ground up movement initially Christianity. Um, but you see examples in history like this where Christianity doesn't always change places from the ground up. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. from the top down and yeah. you literally have a king um, of a peoples that gets converted. Yeah. Right. And then brings, you know, this uh, like, the, the people group into alignment say, Hey, well, we're not a pagan nation anymore. We're going to be a Christian nation. And of course that takes a lot of time to disseminate to the population. And of course, you know, they haven't always been um, a perfect society by any means, yeah. if you look at their history, but at least you see a trajectory change from how they used to be a pagan nation to, you know, they were an East North Art, like Christian nation. Um, and then of course you get into, like I said earlier with the whole nation States and the secularization and their, you know, the upheaval of the monarchies in the church and everything and um, the Cold War and, and all this good stuff. 
or terrible stuff, I should say. <laughs> I, I use that as like a default saying, but terrible stuff, right? right? War is terrible. Um, but then, you know, all of these consequences that unfold and the secularization, but like I said, now it's slowly being on the rise. So um, let's just be praying for the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia that they would continue to find uh, God and that they would turn back from um, their ways, repent, right? And, mm-hmm. and cling to God during this time of crisis and this time of uncertainty. Uh, and even for the world, you know, like for us here, even in America, we are relatively safe from any of the conflict going on over there, but yet people are here still worried here. And um, Jesus brings peace, right? Um, Jesus said in, in the gospels, you know, my peace I give to you, um, not of this world, right? Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's you know, peace that surpasses understanding, he said in another area. So it, it's, it's a peace that God can give to the people of Ukraine, people here in America, people around the world that surpasses even the circumstantial understanding of what's going on around them. Um, it, it's tough not to worry and it takes some effort, but you know, it's just part of the, the having faith deal where it's, you know, might not physically see it, but you know, let just kind of put it in God's hands and take it from there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a tough situation, whether you're over there or over here, it's you know, like you said, a lot of people are worried and stressed about it mm-hmm. and coming off the pandemic. I mean, <laughs> I've seen these memes where it's like millennials living through their fourth end of days <laughs> in their lifetime, but yeah. it's, uh, but yeah, it's uh, definitely tough with all that we've been through in the last three years, but man, you know, the pandemic 2020 has already been two years ago. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's been a rough road since 2020. Yeah. And, uh, that's uh, it's definitely a lot of stress and a lot a wake of up stuff. Call. But yeah. And I think we're kind of starting to see a little bit of a religious awakening through it, uh, which is nice. Um, seeing a little bit of change in method and, uh, a little bit more of a putting aside of differences, if you will. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, definitely prayer is the best way to go about this with uh, all this stuff going on, praying for people in Ukraine, praying for mm-hmm. you know, just the world in general and being able to handle this. But yeah, definitely. Talk- <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, um, that was definitely an eye opening thing to, to kind of look back and see, you know, I obviously covered a little bit about the significance of those cities in Kiev and, um, and, and Russia, the, the Russian peoples and, and how, just a thousand years ago, they, they really changed toward, toward the gospel. And now they're just, there's so much conflict even yeah. between the people of those two independent nations. Right. Um, oddly enough, I actually have, you know, the last, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven years uh, of my life. I've really, I've met a lot of people from Ukraine or Ukrainian Slavic descent. And I worked with a, a lady that was very nice lady. Her, mother was ukrainian and like she had an accent or spoke it with her mom on her break and um you know the people that i bought my jeep from they were a family a ukrainian family of very kind um both both of those families their parents were pastors or there were family members were pastors so they were christians of mm-hmm. you know denomination um you know, i've met people at you know at amazon i uh met worked with a girl at Amazon that was, you know, her family was from Ukraine. Um, I've worked with, uh, or not worked with, but um, I've met a couple students here that are from Ukraine or they're descended 
or to parenting yeah. or your family, whatever. It's, whatever it's the definitely right affecting but, people worldwide because there's so many people connected to Ukraine and Russia around yeah. the world. I don't uh, know that I've ever interconnected age. Russia, I had a lot of Ukrainians. <laughs> yeah, and they're always very nice, very kind. Yeah, and now it's you know it's definitely a conflict. Um, we want to kind of switch gears a little bit, you know, going from the conflict, and it's like, okay, does this mean that we are in the last days? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, um, because the one thing that's really weird that I never thought I would see is uh, people talking so much about the World War Three in the news, and that's very surreal to see. Yeah, but like you said, it's <laughs> the questions have started springing up: Is this the end of days and all that? Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's yeah. A very interesting time. <laughs> and I think that um, people definitely need to go back to the the Bible with these these situations. Not only does no man know the time or hour, right, which Jesus said himself, um, that you know, being mindful of that, right, that the imminent return of Christ. Um, the other thing is is that every generation, you know, should be prepared for the coming of Christ, right? You like we should be ready, but. This shouldn't be like a thing where, oh, Russia has invaded. This is the sign of the end, right? Um, because you can interpret every war of history like that um, yeah. as being the catalyst. Um, and, you know, is it is it Gog and Magog in the Bible and biblical prophecy? And it's like, no, not really. I mean, <laughs> not exactly. Like, biblical prophecy, if you're using modern events to as your exegesis to interpret revelation, right? Mm -hmm. Um that's already kind of like, instead of the historical context of Revelation itself and their time, that's that you're already kind of a little bit off base with your, your interpretive method here. Um, we want to be mindful of the times. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's very clear in scripture to, to definitely be ready and to be mindful of the times. But to use that as your interpretive method of scripture itself, to see it through the lens of your modern circumstance, um, you're sometimes going to come away with false conclusions of the Bible yeah. if, you, if you do that. So is that's this... the other problem with you know situations like this, whether it was uh, stuff with COVID, whether it was you know even as far back as World War II, um, stuff going on with the Middle East, uh, now all the stuff going on with Russia and Ukraine. You know, there's it's it's unfortunate, but I think the church has uh, kind of gotten ahead of itself one too many times, and they have in some ways shot themselves in the foot with saying with every major world inconvenience or conflict saying, mm -hmm. you know, it's the end of the world. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. We're living through it. But, um, you know, every, every generation at some point feels like they're going to live <laughs> there in the end of days. You know, it's been happening. Not that it's not the end of days is finally going to come. Not that it's, you know, that, but it's, you, you just have to, like you said, be a little bit more grounded with your approach and your thinking. Mm -hmm. And, um, this isn't a time to freak out. Yeah. And it's, you don't want to be over the top with it as far as, um, you know, trying to really go hardcore with this is the end of days, get ready. It's coming, you know, <laughs> with the left behind stuff, talking about world war three is the, when the rapture is going to happen and the world's going to end. And now it's in the news world war three. So the people that maybe have grown up with that or think that that's, you know, a really, um, you know, think that that's a, sound doctrine to adhere to and they just maybe don't know any better they mm -hmm. see that and like well where's the rapture it hasn't happened yet what's going on you know it can cause more damage than good but um mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's definitely one of those times where you've got to be careful as a Bible teacher or as a pastor or even just as a normal Christian or even a theologian. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the important thing to remember is no one knows who knows. Jesus just told us to be ready and, you know, live our mm-hmm. lives, you know, the way he's you know laid out for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just kind of keep in mind you don't the thief the thief in the night analogy mm-hmm. you know where it's just you, you never know what's when it's going to happen so just be ready mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> yeah and actually like uh this is independent of what your view of uh revelation is so i, I mean i have this chart here where it's kind of giving the different uh perspectives on the end times here yeah. where you got post tribula- uh, tribulational premillennialism these are big right? words <laughs> uh, premillennialism, pre-tribulational, uh, post-millennialism, amillennialism, different, you know, different views where, of course, you know, you have the cross, which is Jesus, he died on the cross, then you have some sort of tribulation, uh, then the second coming, and then after the second coming, you have this millennial reign of Christ, and then the last judgment, right? Uh, and then, you know, again, there's different views where, you know, you have uh, the second, uh, the rapture happening, and then you have this tribulation, and then there's the second uh, coming, with, I'd say that's probably the most prominent or popular view that most Christians are familiar with. Uh, yeah, yeah. pre-tribulation dispensationalism. Mm-hmm. I know that's what I've grown up with. That's what you know the Left Behind series. That's what they're based on. Um, mm-hmm. So that one's probably what everyone, what most of you are familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. Some of you probably don't even know that there's all these other different millennialisms out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And some of them are so long. I was messing with Chandler. Like they sound like a football play because they're so long. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, and a lot of these are, are these come down to it's okay. Is it is Jesus coming before or after the tribulation? Is there you know all this stuff? And then like, when is he coming? And uh, so I mean, when people see these things, they they have are different theories uh, of stuff. Um, I I don't really commit to any one of these. Um, if I had to maybe millennialism but again i'm this isn't you know we, we can do something on revelation a series on that way later but um basically the big thing is the takeaway here is the main way you want to interpret the end times or revelation is through the historical context of the day that they wrote yeah. it and not necessarily through our current times yeah. um but we can see those parallels and we can it can cause us to again be ready and to um, you know, share the gospel. Basically, the the whole point is share the gospel, right? Yeah, yeah um, it's uh, you know when you get too hung up on one particular system and then it doesn't happen the way you think it's going to happen, or even the way the system says it's going to happen, or it just it, a lot of times it can cause a lot of confusion. Um, mm-hmm. kind of like with you, Chandler. I don't really, I'm not really hardcore one way or another. Um, you know, the big thing is Jesus is going to come back at some point. There's going to be a lot of mess and chaos when it happens. Um, a lot of the stuff in Revelation is it, it's, it's symbolism, it's um, metaphor, it's kind of calling back to Old Testament uh, prof- prophetic uh, literature with the prophets. And mm-hmm. it's not all literal. Some of it is literal. Not all of it is. Um, you know, there's a lot of different... Revelation is so deep. Um, a really good yeah. resource. Yeah. Um, Dr. Michael Heiser, he had a series on Revelation. It took him a year to go through chapter by chapter. There's only 22 chapters. Is it 22 or 21? 
Yes. <laughs> so there's only 22 chapters, and it took him a year, 52 weeks, to get through all of it. So, um, but it is it's worth listening to definitely his podcast is called the naked Bible podcast. And I would, I can't recommend enough going and listening to that. There's 22. Okay. And now it's not that he came up with anything on his own. He's just teaching content or um, he's just teaching theology. That's been there for years and for a long time and just kind of interpreting it, connecting the dots and you know, teaching it. So it's mm -hmm. not like he's coming up with some harebrained idea about it, but yeah, um, yeah the whole you know, the, the tendency, like we said, when stuff like this is going on is to go straight to jumping you know, the to rapture, the end of days, you know, Jesus coming back and all that kind of stuff. And it's, I wouldn't jump to that first. <laughs> you know, the important thing to remember is to, you know, not only pray for the people that are being affected and mm -hmm. for just the situation in general, but just, you know, mm -hmm. Jesus is coming back at some point. We don't know when could be within the year might not be, mm -hmm. um, who knows what will happen between now and then, but it's, uh, you know, don't get too hung up on the Mark of the Beast and the Antichrist and the uh, uh, Nikolai Carpathia and the One World, this and that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's you know, stuff like that. Some of that stuff is in the Bible, and I mean, we don't uh, run out of time to hash all that out, and we don't have the time to hash all that out, but uh, at least not this episode, but, you know, don't. Maybe we'll do an episode on end times. We should, yeah, should do that in the future. End times. That would be fun. That's always fun to talk about that. <laughs> but I definitely wanted to, uh, you know, for both of us cover that a little bit, our perspectives on on that. But I, the takeaway, I think, uh, really is making sure that we um, cling to God. Yeah, He is our peace. He is our hope. We share that hope with others, and really, it's if anything, this is a sign to tell us we need to share the gospel more. We yeah. need to get the word of God out. And uh, I'm glad this, you know, I guess this is a perfect time for us to launch this again because, you know, we are, that's what we're trying to do here is, yeah. is bring uh, this ministry back to our platforms, right? Is, you know, out to YouTube, out to Facebook, out to the social media world, uh, mm -hmm. talking about the Bible, talking about Christianity, talking about uh, all that stuff. And so, you know, in some ways it's a ministry, in some ways it's a pod, just a podcast, in some ways it's um, mm -hmm. us hanging out or, or going deep in the scriptures, you know, educationally, yeah. but um it's all the above and uh i'm glad we did that but uh we're kind of past our time uh we we always try, we're trying to keep episodes at an hour the most and at the end when we have time like maybe the five last five ten minutes of that hour is to do some q a and interact with comments so i think we'll briefly interact with the comments and then we'll uh we'll head out here but uh we'll be here next uh sunday at 6 p.m my time 7 p.m eastern standard time where seth is and uh yeah we'll try to be as frequent as we can um on here but we have some comments we have hi chan hi, that's my brother hey what's up uh why no one talks about aaron uh aaron from the bible we don't talk about him enough i agree um <laughs> he's he's uh the underdog when it comes to moses and aaron um go bb yeah biblical brainstorm um Eastern Orthodox is common there. Uh, yes, in Ukraine and Russia, because it's the East, right? So that's that's where Eastern Orthodox is most popular. Big beards and shiny churches. That's well, a good, it's a decent wrong. description of, uh, of of that, yeah. Um, you have very good churches. Alcohol sure. too much. Uh, yes, they did. Um, even before they were Christians. <laughs> they And after, they, they liked their alcohol. Kind of like Calvinists. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I just took it. I'm just taking a shot at my Presbyterian brother. <laughs> like alcohol. 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, with follow creator, it makes sense. We'd be very creative. Yeah. With the Hagia Sophia and Constantinople. And, yeah. It was uh, definitely very awe inspiring of an event of those emissaries mm-hmm. going back to their peoples and converting them to Christianity. Kiev is our cultural capital. Yes, that's true. Um, it's a late Christmas miracle. You're back. Yes, we are back. <laughs> Biblical brainstorm is back. And I think that's true. the whole title of our episode today is that we're back. <laughs> true. <laughs> we, we are indeed back. We'll try to be honest every Sunday. If not every Sunday, every other Sunday or something like that. If one of us are on, we'll, we'll get on and, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll do some stuff. But we're, we're going to try to be as frequent as we can with our schedules. But Sunday works better for us, yeah. I think. Um, and for people maybe listening, Eastern Orthodox is cool. I may convert. Okay. Well, I mean, you're a Christian. You're, you, you can really only convert to Christianity. I feel like, you know, it's like <laughs> if you're, if you're kind of changing things within the spectrum of Christianity, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't necessarily call that a whole conversion. I would just say, you know, you're changing some of your low tenets of beliefs, you know, cause yeah. it's like if all the core beliefs are the same. So you're just changing your opinion on things just uh, and maybe, and maybe your practices and your traditions just changing your um, theological city. <laughs> yeah. Um, should Christian countries invade Christian countries? Um, I would hope that because they're Christian, they wouldn't want to invade. <laughs> this question's really deep yeah. because there could be special circumstances. And what defines a nation as Christian? I mean, if you um, like, was it bad for us to invade Nazi Germany if there were churches there or there were believers in God or Christians there? I'm like, okay, yes, it was, I think, right to stop Hitler, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say, nation may on the onset, yes. Everyone is like, uh, well, initially no. Like, if it's a true Christian nation and a true Christian, like just for resources, I don't think that's a good enough reason. Yeah. But if there's other things at play, um, and they're not really Christian, like practicing true Christian practices in a nation, I don't know. That, there's could be some exceptions there, but I'm gonna say no. And somebody else said no. So <laughs> we'll go with that. Every generation is taught they were living in the end days. Even Paul thought that. Yes. Yeah. And I think we should be ready every generation. Every generation should be ready for the day of the Lord, the great and terrible day of the Lord that is coming. Um, but should you say that, oh, and start to interpret Bible prophecy that way, like Russia, China, or Gog and Magog, and the Armageddon is going to be this area and this place at this time in World War Three, you know, Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, it shouldn't be your interpretive lens of scripture. It shouldn't yeah. primarily be, it should be secondary is, you know, but primarily your interpretive method of scripture should not be your current uh, circumstances for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine being a Christian during World War II. Yeah. That's what a lot of people were saying during the time. There, there were a lot of people during World War II that thought that, you know, that, that was it. That was, the world was over. <laughs> yeah. It was, but. Um, use current times, whatever they are, whatever is going on as a catalyst to share the gospel. You have, you can have peace no matter the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Matthew 24, six through eight. So I'm going to pull it up here, uh, so I can read it for everybody. Obviously this is the big chapter on the end times. What Jesus is talking about, you know, uh, when you'll see roars and rumors of wars and all of that stuff. But the specific verses he's talking about here is, oh yeah. Wow. I, just remember, look at that. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see it, see to it that you are not alarmed. So we shouldn't be alarmed. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. 
Uh, we've had wars and rumors of wars for a long time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's one, God's, those, it's one of those tough theological conundrums. Yeah. God's timing is different than our timing. That's for sure. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, Gandalf said in Lord of the Rings. He's uh, never early, never late. He pre- arrives precisely when he means to. And uh, that's what he, uh, that's what Jesus will do. I believe whatever Kirk Cameron says. <laughs> Kirk Cameron, the um, the famous Left Behind series actor, right? No, they're good action movies, that's for sure. I haven't seen but, them in like a decade. Uh, maybe I should, with all this World War Three talk, I should look at all the, I should watch all the Left Behind series now. It's been a long time since I've watched them. I mean, they're fun movies, theologically accurate, uh, debatable, but uh, <laughs> yeah, fun movies at least. Yeah. I know when third one came out we uh played it at our church because they were doing a thing where they were you know given you know uh, have churches could participate as like locations to premiere it kind of thing uh, i was a literal so i'm not sure the details of it but i know it was a thing where churches were playing them mm-hmm. and so we had tickets for everything and um had people come it was like a two day two nights or two three nights that we premiered it so i watched it you know when it premiered and it was a fun movie i mean i enjoyed watching it but yeah like i said Theologically sound, it's debatable, but yeah. it's a cool movie. <laughs> so watch them again, just just you know, just yeah. because anything watching World War Two in color or World War Two in HD is scarier because you can see all this stuff kind of like happening again. <laughs> yeah, my favorite series and my wife's least favorite series on Netflix. I'm like, when we're going to bed, I'm like, you want to watch World War Two in color? <laughs> it's in color. How could you in, not watch instant, it? Instant sleep right there. Just like thirty seconds, she's gone, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, Seth Loki stepping up his Christ likeness game in 2022. Yeah, you got the hair, the beard going. I think you're, you know, he took it literally when the Bible says yeah. to, you know, we're conforming to the image of his son, and right, yeah. to uh, he's literally conforming. I'm getting uh, some linens in so that I don't wear any more mixed fabrics. Um, I'm just waiting for those to come in the mail, you know. <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, it's you're going for the old old look, you know. Uh, how's Lee? So I guess the last question for Seth, you know, yeah, uh, it's going good. Um, university, Lee university for people who don't know. Yeah. Lee University's uh, in Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, it's about 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes outside of Chattanooga. Uh, it's just right above the state line with Georgia. Um, but yeah, things are going good. Uh, the weather's been nice and cold. Uh, when I first moved up for spring semester, it snowed a couple times, which even though I'm from Florida, I like the cold, and I was happy to see snow. <laughs> nice. And, um, but yeah, things are going good. Classes are good. Um, you know, no major issues or anything going on. I know when I was here uh, the first time back in 2016, there was a lot of uh, wildfires and forest fires and stuff going on, so it wasn't uncommon for there just to be a haze in the air of smoke. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that had some issues with asthma at the time. Um, so thankfully none of that's going on, but um, yeah, but things are going good. Nice. All right. Well, I think we'll uh, cap it there. Uh, talked a little bit about um, the end times, a little bit about Ukraine crisis, how you guys can help there. Um, we reflected back a little bit on season one. Uh, we're definitely excited for season two. We'll definitely try to keep it at an hour or most in future episodes. We'll do it as often as we can. But uh, this is our new time, um, Sunday nights. So join us as you know as often as we'll, we'll come up and we'll announce it ahead of time if we don't have an episode. But just look for us every Sunday night. Like, subscribe, comment. Uh, we'll do our live shows, and uh, you yeah. know we'll try to have other interactions that aren't just live streams in the future or videos. So we look forward to that. 
you can find us on uh, Instagram. Uh, of course, we stream on Facebook, so you can you know like our page on Facebook and keep up to date with that. Uh, YouTube as well. Um, we also these episodes, even though we stream live, the podcasts are recorded and we do upload them to uh, Spotify. Uh, so you can find us on Spotify and listen to our previous episodes. Um, is there any other platforms it's on, or is it just Spotify? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I need to upload it to Spotify, um, and then it's really I think it's Apple as so well. Okay. Um, Apple, Spotify for just the audio, and then YouTube and uh, Facebook for the audio and the visual, like our live show uh, that stream. So yeah, uh, catch us on those, and I'll see you guys later. God bless. Any last words? Yeah, just uh, you know, keep keep praying. Uh, don't get too hung up on. You know, is it the end of the world? Is it not? Is it the rapture? Is it not the rapture? You know, don't get too hung up on, you know, the sensationalism of the media blowing everything up. And, you know, just, you know, keep an eye on what's going on, stay informed. But uh, the most important thing is to, you know, pray for Ukraine, pray for Europe, and pray for all the world leaders, really. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, just keep it, keep a prayerful stance, if you will. Amen. All right. See you guys next week. See you guys.